Turn to John chapter 12, right? John chapter 12, we're continuing as, uh, you know, I've, I realize I've been in John chapter 12 for almost a year, but a lot of things have, have taken us away from it. But um, <clears throat> on Sunday mornings, we've been going through the book of John very slowly. I saw a guy yesterday at a, at a, at a function and he was like, what do I read? What do I read? So I told him the book of John, you know, we, we, we study the book of John because it's the book that actually says it was expressly written that you might know who Jesus Christ really is, that you might know that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life through his name. So that's why we give out the books of John. That's why we are reading the book of John. So we get to know this Savior. If you get to tune in or come on a Thursday night, we go a bit deeper into the books of the Bible and we're doing something of an Old Testament survey right now. And uh, we're just going to go through every book of the Bible and break it apart. That's Thursdays. And then we plug in all other stuff. Uh, We try to get as much Bible in as we can. But we're in John chapter 12, verse number 35 is where we'll be. Just really going to look at one verse in there. But um, walking, um, walking is actually considered um, the best and easiest exercise out there for all ages. Now, if you Google, like, what's the best exercise to do, uh, I think it's kind of lame. I mean, I don't take too many walks, but actually walking is, is really good for you. Um, and walking, they say, is, is such a great activity because walking strengthens your heart. It's good for your heart to take those walks. But walking can't be done in the dark. You tend to not go for walks in the dark, in the middle of the night, when you can't see where you're going. Uh, People that you see walking around the middle of the night are the ones that you stay away from and probably call the police when you see them. Amen? But if you are saved and if you walk, can I just get one amen here? All right, that was a little weak. Can I get one more? All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. If you're saved, your relationship with God is called a walk. And if you're saved, you all have a walk. Everybody here who knows Jesus Christ and has called on Jesus Christ has a walk. That's your relationship with God, a walk. And just like walking in the physical world is is good for you, walking with God is a blessed endeavor. Because you know why? It strengthens your heart. Not your pumpy thingy in your chest, but your mind and your soul and your emotions and that part of you, that intangible that the Bible calls your heart. But walking with God can't be done in the dark. All right? You got to walk with God in the light. And in John chapter 12, verse number 35, Jesus Christ is warning. That's his warning we're going to read to walk while you have the light because you can't walk in the dark. John 12, 35, Jesus says, then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. It's Jesus Christ saying, while you've got the light, you better walk now. Have you ever taken a hike or gone camping? You know, you don't want to get out there when you don't have enough light. You want to make sure during that walk, you've got enough light during that walk so you can see where you're going. Well, hey, Christian, if you're going to walk with God, you've got to walk in the light, he's saying, while you still got it. 
Because if you try to walk in the dark, you're going to trip and fall off a cliff somewhere and bust your head. Now, where do we find that light? Well, during his earthly ministry, those three and a half years when he was on the earth, God's light was found in the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, look at verse 46 of your chapter. It says, Jesus speaking again, I am come a light into the world. So if you needed to find the light while Jesus Christ was walking around, you had to find the person of Jesus Christ. But guess what? He's gone. And during this church age, this little season that we hear, God's light is not found in the person of Christ. It's found in the pages of Christ. It's found in the pages of that blessed book you hold in your hands right now. So my question for you today, are you walking in the light? That's my thought. I pleased one of you already, right? Walking in the light. I want to talk about walking in the light because guess what? You can't walk with God in the dark. So let's talk about walking in the light. Let's pray a little bit. Lord, we... um, Thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're going to show us. Lord, as was said on Friday night, let it be only Jesus. May it be his power, his strength, his mercy, his love. Draw someone, Lord, that might be hurting. Comfort those that need comfort, Lord. Encourage those that need encouragement. Rebuke those that need rebuke. Exhort those that need to be exhorted. Lord, in a room this size with this many people and this many circumstances, there is no way any human could ever minister properly father so i ask for your holy spirit to roam this room and just show us jesus christ and and help us to walk in the light as you are in the light in jesus name we pray amen amen so let's go back to job 29 right this is the book of job or the book of job all right it's the book of job some of you might still call it job right why is it called the book of job i have no idea why it's not pronounced job but it's the book of job because somebody else called it Job, so I'm just following suit. All right? Job 29. I just want to say a few things about walking in the light. First thing I want to say is this. It's going to seem so fundamental. You've got to want to walk in the light. You've got to want to walk with God. If you want it, oh man, we, we bend over backwards to like do everything we can to help you when you walk with God. But if you don't want it, I can't manufacture that will. That's the one thing I can't manufacture. Man, if I could, if I could invent something, it'd be some kind of device that would control people's minds and be able to get in there. You know, they don't say preachers control people's minds. I wish I could. I really wish I could. If I'm controlling your minds, I am doing an awful, awful job of it. Right? Because man, I wish, but I can't. You got that will, you got that want. And if you're going to walk in the light, you've got to want to walk in the light. And in Job 29, we're going to see the first time in your Bible the word light and the word walk go together. And the first time the word light and the word walk go together, it's a man named Job who is longing for something. He's desiring something. He's yearning for something. He's wanting something. Listen to his words here. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, 
and when by his light I walked through darkness. As I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil, when I went out to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, exclamation point, can you hear his hunger? Can you hear his heart? Can you, can you sense his desire as he bemoans his situation and longs for the day when God's light let him walk through darkness again? Now, I'm just going to say this as a disclaimer. I love you. But if you've got no hunger for the light, if you've got no hunger to walk in the light, it's probably because you've fallen in love with darkness. Because God has designed you to walk in the light as he is in the light. And if you've just like grown cold and tired and this stuff was like dry cracker juice on your mind right now, you probably fall in love with darkness. You know, people love a sunny day, don't they? I think normal, healthy people, you walk out like a day yesterday. You know what? You see the sun shining. It lifts your spirit. Right? They say that when it's gray and cloudy like Seattle, you know, you get that seasonal affective disorder. You get sad. But you see a beautiful sunny day and a nice temperature. I don't know. I, you got to be somewhat human for that to just lift your spirit. But you know what happens? Your eyes and your soul can get used to the darkness when you've been rolling with it too long and you've been involved with it too long and you've been saturating yourself with it too long. You know, you, I turn off the lights in a room and at first it's like, oh man, I can't see. And you know what happens? Your eyes adjust. You start to get used to the dark. And you know what? My brother, my sister, if you've gotten comfortable in the dark, I'd like to whet your appetite for the light again. I'd like to kind of give you some things to make you hunger for the light. Look at verse number three. Let me show you something right here. He says, man, I want that day to come back when his candle shined upon my head. Job is longing for a time when God's light illuminated him and lit his path, and he just felt like, God, you're with me, and I know where I'm going. I don't know everything about the future, but I know the next few feet in front of me, God. You know, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the candlestick was a representative for the Holy Spirit. In fact, that candlestick was the only light in the tabernacle. So he said, oh, I wanted his candle to shine upon me when God just illuminated me. Amen. You know, Proverbs 20, verse 27, just listen. It says this, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So God's got a candle and you got a candle. There's a part of you that can commune with God. There's a part of you that God wants to touch and illuminate and enlighten and just put a little fire in there. That's what he's trying to do. Have you ever done this at the birthday party? Used one candle to light the other candle? Right? You lit this one candle and you use it. That's what God wants to do with you. You got a candle and God's got a candle and God wants to take this book, his light, and touch that part of you way deep down in your spirit that was made like a wick and a candle to be illuminated. He wants this book to touch that part of you. Why? So your eyes are open and you're illuminated and you understand and you can wake that dungeon flamed with light. Look at verse number two. And when that happens, he says, oh, 
that I, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me. Can I tell you when you're walking in the light, God preserves you? God protects you? God guards you? God keeps you? You know, I was thinking about an illustration for this, and I was thinking, man, this is a bad illustration, but I think it works. I was thinking of the movie I Am Legend. You know, it's the old movie with Will Smith. Before he was smacking Chris Rock around, he used to do movies. And, 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 and he did this movie, I Am Legend, right, where he was like the only man surviving and everybody was zombies and it was like this zombie apocalypse. You know, it's very popular these days. But you know what? I remember in that movie that you were safe from the zombies as long as you were in the sunlight. When the light came out, they couldn't come near you. They, they, they burned, they sizzled, they fried. But as soon as it got dark... They roamed around and reaped all kind of havoc. And you know what Jesus said? It's a familiar verse. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know what? You follow the sun's light, S-O-N. You follow the sun's light. Guess what? The dead can't touch you. Death can't lay on you. That evil has no place with you as long as you're walking in the light. I am yet to hear. I've been looking. I've been doing some research. But I'm yet to hear about a saint who got hooked on drugs by reading his Bible consistently. I'm yet, and I'm not saying that to like be, be, be like a zinger. I'm just being honest. I'm yet to hear about somebody who was sold out for God, made every church service, and ended up shacking up with some harlot. I've never read us, there is no, te- I've never read about somebody that was consistently praying things through and ended up in the gutter somewhere. You know when that happens? When you get away from the light. That's when the death, that's when the dead can sink their teeth into you. You've got to walk in the light. If you want to be preserved, look at verse 3. Look what he says. When his candle shined upon my head and when by his light. Look what it says here now. I walked through darkness. Brethren, when you walk in the light, you can make it through the darkness. You can make it through the dark times, the difficult times, the scary times. And hey, you don't have to say amen too loud. You just have to turn on the news. We live in very dark times. I mean, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just being sane, right? We live in very dark times. We can hit that darkness everywhere. Economically dark, nationally dark, morally dark, socially dark. You know, for some of you, personally dark you got a flashlight you got a flashlight that's powerful enough to guide you through this darkness because the darkness we're going through now martin luther didn't know anything about it the darkness the people of god face now is nothing hudson taylor ever experienced the darkness that we're talking about now even our beloved mel sabaka never tasted you guys are navigating some thick Thick darkness on every front and spiritual wickedness in high places. How do you navigate that? How do you make your way? You're going to get your lantern. You're going to get your your battery. You're going to get your flashlight. I know. David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That Bible will get you through, brethren. That Bible will cut through the darkness and it'll show you how to get where you need to be. It may not illuminate the next 50 years but it'll illuminate the next five steps. It's a lamp. 
So I may not see 10 years down the road, six months down the road, but you know what? I could see the next few steps. And the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. As long as I keep walking in the light, you know what? I'm going to get where God wants me to get, and I'm going to get there safe. You got to walk in the light. You got to walk in the light. Listen, go to John chapter 11. Look at this. Let me show you the words of Jesus here. John 11. John 11. Jesus Christ is at this funeral. You're like, didn't we study this? Yeah, like two years ago, I think. <laughs> Slow and steady keeps you in the book of John. Uh, Job chapter 11, verse 9. See this? Jesus Christ is speaking. Je- I mean, that's a scary time, right? Somebody's brother has died. They don't know what God is doing. I mean, it's, it's one of those moments, right? We've all gone through those moments. Hey, God, what is going on right now, right? It's a little foggy here, Lord. John eleven nine. 9. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Can I sadly give you a report on the state of Christianity? We've got way too many believers that are stumbling and falling all over the place, falling flat on their face, making shipwreck of their lives. You say, why? Because they're not walking in the light. They're walking so far removed from that Bible, so far removed from church. That's why they're tripping. That's why they're falling. That's why they're stumbling. Jesus warned us that if you're not walking in the light, you're going to stumble and fall. Listen, I'll make you a promise. Close the Bible, quit coming to church, and watch how easily you get offended. Watch how easily things start bothering you. Watch how quickly you start stumbling. Watch how prone you're going to be to fall. You see, you're saying that so I just keep coming. Yeah, I am, because I've done it, and I don't want you to do it, all right? So I'm just telling you, out of love and compassion and a little bit of Italian enthusiasm here, that you need to stay with the stuff, because God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's talking about. God's not just trying to get your butt in a seat. He's trying to get your heart right with him. And then he's designed some things for that to happen. And part of it's walking in the light. And Jesus, the blessed Savior, who went to hell and back for you, said, Hey, if you walk in the dark, you're going to bust your face. How many of us have gotten up in the middle of the night and stubbed our toe or slammed our foot? That wouldn't have happened if you were walking in the light. You tripped over something because you were standing and walking around in the dark. But great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If you love that book and stick with that book, which is the light of God right now, you know what? Nothing's going to trip you up. Nothing's going to make you fall. You'll have your ups and downs, but you'll be able to keep coming because you're following the light. Go back to Job 29. Making sense so far? Amen. Job 29. Job 29. Let me just show you something else about the light. Job 29, verse number 4. Job 29, 4. Look what else Job says when he was illuminated by God. He says in Job 29, 4, As I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. When you're walking in the light, you understand things that no one else seems to grasp. 
You can just see right through a problem, see right through a situation, see right through a newscast, see right through a political smoke job. You could see right through it and be like, that is right and that is wrong. Why? Because David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies or my meditation. You saturate your mind with that book, you'll understand what's going on in the world. You'll understand what's going on in your life. You'll understand what's going on in your country. You'll understand what's going on everywhere. Because the Bible puts the secret of God on your tabernacle. Other people are trying to find it, but you got it. An old preacher said one time, Give me a candle and the Bible and shut me up in a dark dungeon and I will tell you everything that the world is doing. That is the truth. I know they make you feel like you're the dumbest ignoramuses on the world. Because you just read that Bible. You just quote the Bible. I quote. What? What do you quote? What are you quoting? CNN? Fox? MSNBC? The next 50 guys are going to become worm food like you? That's who you're quoting? I'm quoting the book that has stood the test of time. I'm quoting the book that has predicted the future. I'm quoting a book that has changed the lives of millions and millions of people that could testify that this book has opened their eyes and turned them from darkness to light. What are you quoting? The sponge inside your skull that you think is telling you the truth all the time? That's your absolute authority? That gray matter between your ears? Hey, have you ever been wrong about anything? Maybe you need something that's absolutely infallible and perfect to to be that guide by which you can measure what you're doing. And I love the Bible because I, listen, I've got letters after my name, all right? I'm not, it doesn't mean like the letters that you're cursing at me with. I mean, I got some, I've done some schooling. I've got some letters. You know what? I sit there and listen to blowhards. Just listen to them talk and talk about, let's turnkey this, and let's pivot in this direction, and let's, you know, where are the outliers on this metric, and all, blah, 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 blah. Nobody's, they're talking for an hour and a half lecture at the university, you know what they said? Absolutely nothing. I walked out the same as I was when I walked in, just I had some things written down in a notebook, or type. Now, I hate not all education, but I'm saying, changing your life changing your soul, opening your eyes, this book will do it, man. Listen, if you've got God's word, you're in the know. I said, I said, I know they make you feel like you're so dumb that you have that Neanderthal book, but guess what? That book is smarter, faster, more accurate than 10,000 scientists put together with the fastest quantum computing that the world's ever seen. That book is called the end from the beginning, man. That book is the mind of God in print. That is the light. You just got to shine that thing everywhere you got. It'll open your eyes. It'll open your eyes in your family, in your marriage, in your culture, in your society, in your soul. That book is the light. You just got to walk in the light. You say you make a big deal about that Bible. Duh. Yeah. What do you mean you don't? I got the absolute standard of God. I've got God's authority on music, dress, behavior, family, work. I got God's authority on everything in sixth grade English that by the grace of God, he kissed my dear soul by leaving it for me to have. You're not consumed with it. You're not looking into it. You're not walking in with it. Don't look at me like I'm weird. I think you're weird. How come you're not more into that book? This book is the light of God upon fallen man. Wouldn't you want to know? I remember being a lost man. I just wanted to know. I went to the old pastor. I said, at the old Monsignore, I said, how do you get to heaven? And he laughed at me. 
I went to the monks that I would bump into, uh, the Buddhist monks on, in, in, in uh, Grant, where did I go to school? NYU. Right, uh, uh, Washington Square, I'd bump into them, and I, I'd grab the book, and oh, what's this? They say, we need a donation. Uh, all right, give me, leave me alone. Uh, I went to the psychologists and the seminars, and, and they made me walk on fire and, and neuro-linguistic programming and changed the way I thought about things. You know what happened? I went home, and I, I forgot all about it. But this Bible changed me. It was the light. It was the light upon my soul. I, I just wanted to know what the truth was. And then God said, I am the truth. And I don't want to ever go back because he's the truth. Why would I want to be consumed with anything else? Man, I went off on a rabbit trail right there, but I think it was a good one. If you've got God's word, you're in the know. Listen, the world goes we were chatting about this at the men's meeting on Friday night, which was an amazing meeting. We were talking about uh, uh, Elon Musk, right? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Twitter, yeah, we go. <laughs> Elon Musk wants to neuralink your consciousness to the Internet so you become immortal, so you know everything. You know what the world says? Oh, how cool. I won't have to ever look up directions again. That's cool. World banks, world governments, they want a cashless society. They want digital currency. You know what the average Joe says? Oh, how convenient. Everything not just at my fingertips, but in my fingertips. That's so cool. But only a Christian with a King James Bible can connect the dots and see this book is coming true right before your very eyes. Man, it's happening, right? If you're reading your Bible, you're not worried. Maybe you're a little like, whoa. But it's kind of like, whoa. It's happening in front of my eyes. Look at verse number five. When the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter, when I went to the gate through the city. You know what the last thing I see here is? When you walk in the light, you are blessed. He's like, God was with me. My family was good. This was good. That was good. I was a judge in the city. You know why? Because beautiful things tend to grow in the light. I know there's some plants that grow in the dark. So I'm going to fact check you. There are some plants that grow in the dark. Yeah, but not the really pretty ones. Not the beautiful flowers that bloom and take your breath away. Those things need light. And if you want to prosper and grow into what God wants you to be, you need light. You need light. But I want you to notice something. That was just to like whet your appetite for the light, what it does for you. But you see verse 2? You see where he starts his parable? What's the first word? Oh! Amen. You want to see verse 7, how he ends this little thought? Exclamation point. Job starts with oh and ends with exclamation point. Why? Because he's longing for that day. He wants that light. He wants to walk in that light again. He wants to be in fellowship with God again. Do you? Do you? Do you have any desire to walk in the light? Have you ever experienced that fellowship, that closeness? Some of you never experienced it. Ask God for it. Walk in the light. It's nothing like walking around knowing God's smiling on your life. Nothing like walking around knowing God says, Pat, you're right where I want you to be, Pat. That smile of God upon your life, you couldn't trade it for a million pills and a million dollars. When God is smiling on your life, he says, Pat, you're right where you need to be. That's what Job is longing for again. Do you want it? Do you have any desire for it? I can't manufacture desire. I can't crank it up. I can't put some change in there and just pay you off. I wish I could, but you've got to want that. Because if you have no desire, you won't have any direction. If you don't want it, you're not going to walk in the light. You're just going to wait for me to be done and just go back to the dark. Amen. That's number one. Number two, go to Psalm 56. You've got to want it. Number two is in Psalm 56. 
Psalm 56. I do, I laugh. I laughed the other day. I said, I think I was telling the Andino boys, I said, one day I'll stand up here dignified and calm and, you know, eloquent, but I, I feel like I just want to explode every time. I feel like I want to run around the room and, like, jump up on the chairs and, like, if I could reach down past your eyeballs and touch your soul with the Bible, if I could do it, I really would. I'm not crazy, I would do it. But, man, it's just so exciting to see what the Bible has to say. Psalm 56, verse 9. I want to say this, number two. You were saved... So you could walk in the light. Amen. That is your purpose as a child of God. Are you a child of God today? Amen. Okay, okay. Some of you are like, is he setting me up? No, I'm not trying to set you up. Psalm 56, verse 9. Look at these great words from David. Beautiful psalm for the brokenhearted. When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I belong to you, he's saying. I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, past tense. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, present tense? Why? That I may walk before God in the light of the living future. David calls on God to deliver him so he can walk with God in the light. That's what he's saying right there. God, you're going to deliver me so I can walk with you in the light. When you got saved, when you called on Jesus Christ, God delivered you from darkness so you could walk with him in the light. He took those enemies away from you, sin and death and hell, not so you could just go about your merry way, so that you could walk in the light now. Can you go to Colossians chapter 1? Let's get to the New Testament a little bit. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, verse 13. Can I tell you, that's why you were created? You were created to have fellowship with your Creator. You were created to walk with God. That's what Adam was all about. It wasn't just about tilling and keeping. It was about walking with me in the garden in the cool of the day. Hey, I want a fellowship with you, Adam. That's why I made you. You know, that's not just what your purpose is. That's what pleases God. Like Enoch, right? Enoch is this figure in the book of Genesis that gets raptured out. He's an amazing character in the Bible. And the Bible says he had this testimony that he pleased God. What did he do? How many tracts did he give out? How many sermons did he preach? I don't know. I know this about him. Enoch walked with God. Is it that simple? Yeah. Just keep walking with God and walking in the light. You know what? That's what sin destroys. Every time sin destroys your fellowship with God. That's what it always does. Now, Colossians 1 is a great verse. It says this. It's speaking about God the Father in verse 12. And in Colossians 1.13, the Bible says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us, slid us across the page, right, into the kingdom of his dear Son. If you're saved, let me just encourage you. Say amen one more time. Amen. 
when you got saved, let me tell you what God did. God delivered you from darkness, not just the lights being off, but the power of Satan upon you and translated you, moved you over into the kingdom of his dear son. You know what that kingdom is? Not a kingdom of darkness, but a kingdom that's governed by the light of the world. It's a kingdom of light that's full of light. Now, we read this last week in John 12. Let's see if you remember. He said, while ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. Jesus Christ was telling those people before the cross that they could believe that they may become the children of light. Can I ask you a question? Have you believed? No, I mean that. Have you believed on Jesus Christ? Say amen if you have. Have you believed on Jesus Christ to be the sin debt payer for your soul? Have you? Well, you're not waiting to become a child of light. You are a child of light if you've believed on Jesus Christ. Go to 1 Thessalonians, which is the next book to the right. I'll prove it to you. Some of you don't believe me. You're a little weak there, but I'll I'll give it to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at this. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 4. Look what the Bible says here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 says... Let me let the pages stop turning there. I want you to see it. I'm not lying to you. But ye brethren, he's talking to the saved, those are the brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye, that means all of you, are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. He's telling you very clearly in sixth grade English, if you believed on Jesus Christ, you are a child of light today, right now. Amen? Right now, if you believed on Jesus Christ, you are a child of light. You say, what does that mean for me? Go to Ephesians, which is to the left a little bit. Ephesians chapter 5. You know what church is supposed to be about? It's supposed to be about learning about Jesus Christ, all right? Not about smoke screens and parties and me jumping up and down and telling you a relevant story and getting you to clap your hands. It's about instructions, about learning and teaching and like looking at things that the world is not gonna show you. And in Ephesians chapter five, verse number eight, look what Paul says again in Ephesians 5, eight. He says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, Amen. Look at the conclusion. Walk as children of light. (laughs) He's saying now that you are a child of light, God expects you to walk in the light. That's why I saved you. That's why I put you here. That's why I washed you in my blood. Because I took you out of darkness into my marvelous light. I'd like you to walk in the light. Does that make sense? Listen, I I got a student. I like this kid. He's uh, 14 years old. His name is Oleg. Teaching him now. And uh, he's from Ukraine. Spent his first seven years in Ukraine, a very rural, uh, very rural, poor area. And now he's seven years, he's been living in America. And he's writing this essay, this narrative piece about the comparison between living in Ukraine in like the sticks and living in America where you have more than heart could wish. And it's, it's eye-opening to me. And he's writing about in there and he's saying, uh, when Oleg, I'm reading, when Oleg lived in Ukraine, he lived as a Ukrainian. And he followed the customs and he followed the habits. And one of the things he writes about is if you had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you ran outside your house 
tripped over a tree root and had to go water the bushes, right? They had no indoor plumbing. That's the kind of world he grew up in for seven years. When he lived in Ukraine, he had to live as a Ukrainian because that's all he knew. But then he writes about moving to America and all the stuff we got, all the indoor plumbing, all the stuff we have on demand, all the creature comforts. When Oleg moved to America, he started living as an American. Get up in the middle of the night, indoor plumbing. Praise God. Don't have to trip outside and scare a deer. You could just kind of like walk inside the bathroom and do what you got to do. Can I ask you this without being too crude? How much, how weird would it be for Oleg to live in America as Ukrainian and keep peeing outside? Isn't that weird? You'd be like, lock that guy up. What is wrong with that guy? Man, we got bathrooms for that. We got, we got the little plunger. Just hit the thing. You're digging in the water. I'll throw Cheerios in there if you want to have target practice. Right? Just have in there. And you could do what you got to do. Right? We'd say, that is strange that you're in America, but you're living as if you're still living in that backwards, bungle-like old stickville that you came from. Hey, how much weirder is it when God sees a child of light living like he's still in darkness. Amen, Amen. Amen, brother. Oh, that was good. (laughs) I mean, is that a crude enough illustration? God looks down. He says, I've washed you in my blood. You're a child of light. Why are you still doing that in the dark? Walk in the light, he's saying. Walk in the light. You know why we really walk in the light? It's in verse 11. 511. He says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Don't roll with that stuff anymore, guys. You know why? He's saying, you walk in the light so you can have fellowship now with a holy God. Don't fellowship with that dirtiness anymore. Don't fellowship with that darkness anymore. Stay away from it. You know what you can fellowship now? You can fellowship with the Father of lights. You can fellowship with the God who is light. Listen, you were created to have fellowship with God. That's the owner's manual. It says that. That's like why you're sitting here right now. You were created to have fellowship with a holy God. Right? And your sin destroyed your ability to have fellowship with a holy God. So Jesus Christ saved you and restored you so you could have fellowship again with a holy God. In other words, he tasted that darkness so you could walk in the light. That's why you're here today. That's why you're breathing today. If that's why you're breathing today, I just want to do a little deduction. If you were saved... And if you are saved and you're not walking in the light, wouldn't that mean you're wasting your life? Wouldn't that mean that you're missing the reason why you're breathing? Wouldn't that mean that what you think is your purpose-driven life is taking you off a cliff? Right? You were per- your purpose is to walk with God and walk in the light. If you're not doing that, you can plug 10,000 things into that little hole that wants to fulfill that need. You will never be satisfied because you were made to walk in the light. Why would you waste your life another second and keep going on in darkness? She's not that pretty. He's not that hot. Right? It's not that exciting. Right? Why don't you get out of the pig pen and walk in the light as he is in the light. 
Just, uh, he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. You know what we do as Christians? We come right up onto the line. There's the darkness. Here's the light. And we want to get right close. Lean over it, you know. Smell it a little bit. Taste the air. You know, we want to get so close. God says, have no fellowship, but rather approve them. You should be making a beeline away from us. And I want no part of that anymore. I want to be with my God. Go back to go to 1 John. Keep going to the right a little bit. Go to 1 John. You're only going to do that if you want him. I, I, I have no way to sugar it up or dress it up. 1 John 1. That doesn't mean you can't go out to lunch today with your friends or enjoy a, a time at the beach. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying you've got to become a monk. Better off you never become a monk. They're weird people. All right? uh, 1 John 1. All right? 1 John 1. Ready? 1 John 1. 1. Look at this. 1 John 1, uh, verse 5, I mean, 1 John 1, 5, ready? This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Man, you've got to want to walk in the light because you want to be with your Savior. I just want to be close to the one that was willing to hang naked on the cross for me. If that doesn't motivate you, I'll see you at the next picnic. I don't know what else to say. I don't have anything else to fuel that fire. I don't know how else to make it relevant. If you could stare at the face of your Savior who is bloodied and beaten at his beard torn out and say, you know what, that doesn't motivate me. I have no desire to want to love him back. Then I'm afraid for you. Because it's got to be that natural affection that this guy took a beating for me. I mean, I, I thank my son's doctors profusely for helping save my son's life. You can't thank the Savior and say, I'd like to be with the Savior for saving my life? He saved your life that you could walk with him in the light. Listen, verse 6 says it. You can't have it both ways. You can't walk in darkness and say you're fellowshipping with him. You can't walk with God on your own terms. He says, I'm holy, be holy. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And you don't have to be perfect. He says the blood of Jesus Christ, it's going to keep cleansing you. When you make your mistakes, that blood is effectual and it's an ongoing cleansing. You just, but you keep walking in the light. You just do it because you want, you love God enough to want him. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to screw up. You're going to say the wrong thing. You have to apologize. You have to repent. Hey, the blood is still there. The blood is still cleansing you. The blood is still keeping you clean. You just got to keep walking in the light. And God will take care of the rest. Hey, maybe you've been invited to a wedding. Maybe you might get invited to a wedding that is a black tie affair. Got to wear a tux. Oh, man. But you know what? You got to walk in that tux if you want to be with those people. And so you say, man, I want to be with my friends. I want to be with my family. I want to enjoy this momentous day. You know what? I'll, I'll sacrifice. I'll do the expense. I'll put this weird thing on that makes me feel like a penguin. You know, and I'll just put this thing on. And I'll walk in that tux. You know why I'm going to walk in that tux? Because I want to be with those people so much. I don't want to miss that fellowship. 
And God says, walk in the light. In the beginning, it's some sacrificing. It's some self-denial. It feels a little foreign sometimes when you're walking around walking in the light because you've only been in the dark. But you know why you do it? Because I want that fellowship. I want to be with him. I want to enjoy his presence. I want his candle to shine upon my head. You have no problem renting a tux to go to that wedding. Hey, if you want to be with God who saved you, you should have no problem walking in the light. And finally, Revelation 21. That's number two. It shouldn't be a drag. It shouldn't be a, a burden. It should be a blessing. It should be a privilege. Ooh, well, this is what I got to do so I could be with God? Okay. Revelation 21. So number one, I said, Revelation 21 is where we're turning. Let me turn my motor down a little bit. All right. First thing I said was, you got to want to walk in the light. Second thing I said was, you were saved so you could walk in the light. And finally, and I'm just going to say this, if you're saved one more time, can I get an amen? Amen. You are going to walk in the light. To quote my dear uh, Star Wars, it is unavoidable. It is your destiny. You are going to walk in the light. Look at Revelation 21, verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked to me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Here John John is getting a glimpse of New Jerusalem. You know what Jerusalem is? New Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven? That's where the bride lives. That's you. Amen. You're his bride, right? Let me show you a little bit about that city. Verse number 25. See verse 25, right? And the gates of it, that city he means, shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. That city that's going to be your home is a city that is full of light. There is no physical Darkness, there is no night. And read verse 27, there's no spiritual darkness. 27, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Can I tell you, that's a city that is just full of light physical and light spiritual. They don't have to shut the gates because nobody's got to lock the doors at night. There's nothing defiling. There's nothing terrible. There is no, it's hard to fathom because we've never experienced it, but a place where there's no sin, no worry, no defilement, no anything, no devil, no devils, no creep, no anyone you got to watch, nothing but light. Verse 24, verse 24, watch 24. 24 says this, and the nations of them which are saved, these ones that come out of tribulation in the millennium, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. When you are in that city, you are going to literally walk in the light. There's no avoiding it. If you're saved, you're going to live in that city and you're going to literally walk in the light. That is your future, Christian. That is your hope, brother. That is going to happen to you, sister. 
you are going to literally walk in the light. Now, if you're going to be walking in the light tomorrow, shouldn't you walk in the light today? Why are you putting off the inevitable? It's coming. You're going to walk in the light. You're going to go up there. Nobody's going to be on the corner trying to sell you a dime bag. You're going to go up there. Nobody's over there going to try to seduce you to go spend the night. None of that stuff's going to happen. You're going to walk in a place that is absolutely light. Why don't you get a little bit used to it? So it's not just a shock to your system. Listen, if I was, if I somehow came into all this money and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to build you a mansion. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to build you. I got all this money. I don't know what to do with it. What a problem. I'm going to build you a mansion. It's over there. I did it over there. It's, you know, it's over there in those places I can't afford right now. But I'm building you this mansion. That's where it is. That's the lot. You know what you would probably do? You wouldn't hesitate to go check it out. You watch the building. You'd want to walk around the property. When it was, they put the walls up, you'd walk through it. You'd say, man, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be over there. This is all going to be mine. This is all, I can't believe it. Listen, you do some things to get familiar with where you're going to be spending some time. What is wrong with a believer who drags his feet about walking in the light? There's something wrong with you if that thought of walking in the light is like, oh, no. there goes Pat again with all his legalism and all his holiness and all that. I'm talking about liberty, man. I'm talking about freedom. I'm talking about the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Walking in the light as he is in the light. Can you imagine it? What's wrong with you if that bothers you? That means you're spending too much time in the dark. You've grown accustomed to it. You look at verse 23. You want to see where that light's coming from? 23. And the city had no need of the sun. That's interesting. Neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Listen, all that light is coming from one source, the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for you. He's the one that's going to light that place up. Go to, go to Revelation 1.16. I got two stops left very quickly. Revelation 1.16. Look at this. Let's get a glimpse of that Savior now. Can you see him? I know people paint pictures, but they can't do it justice. We're going to try in your mind's eye to just think about it. John gets a glimpse of this amazing risen Christ. Not the one, not the one that was clothed in flesh and walked in humility. No, this is Jesus Christ as he really is now. That's what John is seeing. And in Revelation 1.16 it says, he's speaking about Jesus Christ risen in glory. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance, right? That's his appearance. That's his face. That's what he looked like. His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Whew. They don't need the S-U-N in that city because they've got the S-O-N in that city. They don't need the physical sun because they've got the sun in that city. And he's going to light that place up like you've never seen. He's going to be the light. You know what First Peter calls it? He calls it marvelous light. He calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know what marvelous means? It means it's awesome light. It's, it's astounding light. It's absolutely glorious light. Listen, we weep for some of our friends and family that have gone on before us. There should be a little part of you that's jealous 
Because they're basking in that light right now. They're sitting in that presence right now. They're enjoying Jesus Christ right now in a way that you and I have never partaken yet. Yet. But we will. That glorious light. Could you imagine? I know we got some beach bums in here. Could you imagine basking in the sun? Without sweat. Without, without squinting, because I squint all the time because I got banged up in my eye. Without storms that roll in, without sunscreen. Can you imagine that? Just perfection. Absolute perfection. Can I tell you, brother or sister, you're going to be in a brand new body, and you can look directly into the SON forever and never be harmed, never be hurt, and only be blessed. That's your future. That's your future. That's what's coming. Now go to Psalm 89. I want to show you something. Psalm 89. I got Psalm 89, and then we're going to jump back to John 12 and be done. Psalm 89. Psalm 89. Isn't that something? That's not, that is not a cunningly devised fable. That is not a fable. That does not read like a fable. I've read fables. You ever read a fable? Fables like, and the elephant swam in the milk and the turtle rode on his back while the fairies threw out the lollipops and the elves jumped up and down in the squid lay. I don't, it's like, that's not a fairy tale. That city has dimensions in the Bible. That tells you it's this long, it's this wide, it looks like this, you could draw it. You could, if you could just study enough, you could lay it out. We've not followed cunningly devised fables. But you know what it says here in Psalm 89, 15? It's talking about the kingdom, it's talking about David, but it says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. That's a joyful sound. You know there's going to be another joyful sound? Come up hither. That's going to be a joyful sound. You know the joyful sound? Have you heard it? Are you saved? Have you heard it? I've heard it, right? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Have you heard it? Well, you know what it says about those people that know the joyful sound? Verse, rest of the verse. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. If you know Jesus Christ, and you know that trumpet's going to sound for you, and you've heard what the Bible says, you know what he says you're supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be walking in the light of Jesus Christ. You're going to be walking in the light of his face. Just spending time looking at him. Spending time with open face. Just staring into the face of your Savior through the pages of this book because this is where you get the light. If you're saved, I want to ask you a question before we close. Are you walking in His light today? Are you seeking His face? You know, vacations are nice. I'm not really good at taking them. But when you go on vacation, I got some people that, you know, major, they must have majored in education in college. They just, they, they are experts at it. Every other week, it's like, I'm taking a vacation. That's fantastic. I stink at that. I failed that class. My family's paying the price for it, but I'm trying to get better at it. But you know what? When you go on vacation, you know what you do? When you go on vacation, you read about where you're going. Especially if you're going somewhere like, that you've never been before, like Paris or, you know, California or whatever, you know, Italy, you know, whatever it is you're going, you know, you, you read about it. You know why you read about it? Because you want to enjoy it more when you get there. Amen. Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. Oh, I read about this. Oh, I saw about that. And it gives you that anticipation, Amen. that desire, that longing, and it helps you be ready Amen. for when you get there. Amen. If you know you're going to walk in his light, that's your future. Amen. Maybe you need to read about it more. Amen. 
Maybe to spend some more time meditating on it. Maybe you need to memorize. Maybe you need to come to church a little more. I don't know. Maybe you need to kind of get plugged in a little more. Why? So you appreciate it more. So you're ready for it more. So you enjoy it more when you get there. Maybe you need to open the book and with open face, get ready for what's coming, brethren. Jesus is coming. He's coming. It's like fourth and inches, gang. Get ready, get ready, get ready. We are consumed looking into all these things that last a moment. Sports and jobs and this and that. And we throw ourselves wholeheartedly into stuff that in 50 years is going to mean, it's going to mean nothing. Nothing. And I know you've got all those rationalizations in your mind for why it's so important. I do the same thing. But when it's taking the place of this, you got the wrong priorities, brother. And you got the wrong priorities, sister. I'm not saying it's not fun to do things in your whole life is reading the Bible. Of course not. But I'm saying when things start to trump God, you got a problem. Because one day you're going to be face to face with the face that shines and outshines the sun. And he's going to be looking right at you. Like I'm looking at you, he's going to be looking right at you with eyes of fire. What'd you do with the light I gave you? Roll the tape. Listen, if you know it's forever, wouldn't it make sense to get to know what's destined to affect you for eternity? Wouldn't it make sense to get a little bit more all in with the one thing you know you could bank on, you're going to have to deal with forever and ever 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 and ever? Wouldn't it make sense to, like that song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's go back to John 12. I just want to read that verse, and then we'll close. John chapter 12. I hope that provoked you, encouraged you, maybe challenged you, gave you some hope. John 12, 35. Let's read it again now. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Israel had Jesus Christ in their midst for a little while and they missed the light. They missed him. Can I tell you? Some of you have been saved a long time. Some of you have been saved a little time. You know, in the face of eternity, it's all a little while. And you only have a little while to search the scriptures. You only have a little while to see what God has for you. Don't miss the light. Don't abandon the Bible. Don't forsake the promises. Don't neglect what God has for you now. The Jews missed the person of Christ and they have had to regret it for 2,000 years. If you miss what God has for you in the pages of this book, you may regret it for eternity. That's just the God's honest truth. Walking is something we can all do to strengthen our physical hearts. But can I tell you this? Walking with God was something every believer can do to strengthen your spiritual heart. Every single person in here, you don't have to be a pastor, a preacher, a deacon, everybody in here can walk in with God and walk in the light. Everybody can do it. But 
You can't walk with God in the dark. That's it. If you're going to walk with God, you got to walk in the light. Let's stand for prayer, please.